0: ladies and gentlemen, great to have you guys on board. The VU. No, not the View, The VU. The voice of one. <laughs> That's right. This is VU 47, episode 47 for Friday, December 11, year of our Lord 2020. Your weekend edition. Woody Cumbie, your host, bringing you the landslide blend of Coffee, Current Events, Faith, and FSU Sports. Good to have all you guys on board. Wherever it is you're listening, any of the seven platforms, at least that I know of, that VU is found, from our base of Anchor to Spotify to Google Podcasts to others that are out there as well. Wherever you're listening, uh, welcome aboard to this weekend edition. Hey, speaking of Florida State, I noticed that Florida State has retained its place, I'm talking about the university now, not sports, the university has retained its place in the top 20 among national public universities. That's right, the latest U.S. News and World Report, what they call their best colleges of 2021, I guess it's forward-looking. Yeah, the Florida State University slides in at 19, 19, so two years in a row now in the top 20. All right, folks, also big congrats out to FSU Men's Hoops, FSU Men's Basketball. That's right, Florida State a basketball school now. (laughs) So so Florida State defeated the Indiana Hoosiers on a last-second shot in overtime, all part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So congratulations to uh, FSU Men's Hoops. Also, uh, happy Hanukkah. Everybody, I need to say Happy Hanukkah. You know, that uh, eight-day holiday, it started yesterday and concludes on December 18th. And uh, it has to do with the, um, they say it's the celebration of light, but remember the background to it, about 160 years before Jesus, there uh, was uh, an, an evil king, Syrian king, uh, the greatly um, actually a Greek background, all kind of part of the, the breakup of the uh, Alexander, the Great Kingdom. Anyway, this guy, uh, uh, Antiochus, he was a, a prefigurement of the Antichrist and went in and desecrated the temple, and they, they uh, um, really compromised the entire priesthood of Judaism. And the capital city of Jerusalem really strayed from its biblical roots and its national values. But out in the countryside, right, in what today would be called flyover country. <laughs> uh, so out, out of the countryside, those country folks, they, they were, gosh, can we say nationalist? I don't know. But for sure, they retained the, uh, the old-time uh, values of, uh, that God had put in place for, uh, for, for Israel. So uh, this guy named Maccabee, two actually brothers, uh, they, took up, uh, they took up a revolt. Maccabees means the hammer. And so they, they led a revolt against this uh, evil king and uh, his influence, and they laid siege to Jerusalem, and they eventually took over the temple and cleansed the temple. And then they were lighting the, uh, the seven candle candelabra, which was, uh, the way it stayed lit was uh, through oil. But they only had one day's worth of oil. But miraculously, it remained lit for eight days, and thus the eight days of Hanukkah. So uh, welcome, uh, everybody, to the celebration of Hanukkah, and Happy Hanukkah to all those who are celebrating. Oh, but wait, um pandering Kamala Harris uh, and her Jewish husband, well, they, they had to send out their Hanukkah greetings, and uh, listen, listen to what uh, this little exchange between Kamala and her husband as they send out their Hanukkah greetings. Take a listen. Hey, everybody. We're here to talk about one of our favorite holidays in our big modern family. Hanukkah. And why do you love Hanukkah? Hanukkah. I love Hanukkah because it really is about the light and bringing light where there has been darkness. And there is so much work to be done in the world to bring light. And it is a celebration of always tikkun alam, which is about fighting for justice and and fighting for the dignity of all people. Wait, 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 wait! Now, <laughs> now, say what? Well, uh, uh, Hanukkah is always about what? Uh, take a listen. And it is a celebration of always tikkun olam. Oh, oh, oh! Tikkun olam. <laughs> well, of course, tikkun olam. Well, no, I didn't know what it meant. I had to look it up. And uh, nobody else knows what it means either, but here's how it's spelled, T-I-K-K-U-N-O-L-A-M. It is a Hebrew phrase, and according to Wikipedia, tikkun olam in Hebrew means repair of the world, a concept in Judaism interpreted by some Orthodox Judaism as the prospect of overcoming all forms of idolatry and by other Jewish thinkers as an aspiration to believe and act constructively and beneficially. Now, later it says this, a few sentences later. It says, for many contemporary pluralistic rabbis. Now, what does that mean? Pluralistic rabbis. Hmm. The term refers to, quote, Jewish social justice, end quote. (laughs) Well, of course it does. Of course it does. I mean, there's no way to actually just say Happy Hanukkah, send out a Happy Hanukkah re- greeting without somehow spinning in there social justice. That's Kamala. She's, she got it done. She, uh, she found some crazy phrase that uh, Tikkun Alam that, uh, you, you know, and what's interesting about it is that, uh, well, of course it has nothing. To do with Hanukkah, nothing. But Kamala managed to get it in there because uh, you got to get in that social. Ju- can't possibly just say Happy Hanukkah. That would be too easy. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, hey, by the way, though, before we uh, before we go to our first break, um, I know you want to. I, I, I know that you want to know about Time Magazine's Person of the Year comes out about this time of year every year, and Time Magazine puts that person on the on the cover, and uh, and I know you just wait for it, uh, who that person is going to be. Well, this year it's not a person; uh, it's more than one person, and here is the big reveal. According to Breitbart, it says uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris beat out coronavirus frontline workers for time person of the year according to harris uh, alec on uh, yesterday he wrote uh joe biden and his running mate kamala harris uh who uh were named time magazine's person of the year on thursday beating out three other contenders including healthcare workers on the front line of the novel coronavirus pandemic well, of course. Now, uh, we have spent the entire year celebrating frontline workers, right? That's The whole thing has been these brave souls, uh, these frontline workers in medical profession and, and related that are on the front lines of, of fighting this pandemic, and we've gotten signs and we've put them out in front of hospitals and various other places. Heroes work here heroes work here. We've had flyovers by uh, the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels, and we've had commercials on television, Uh, the frontline workers against this pandemic, the pandemic that is reported on 24-7 for this entire year once the news broke on it after the impeachment, of course. And It's been nonstop pandemic, and these are the folks on the front lines we've been told to celebrate, and we come here to the end of the year, and who gets person of the year? Of course, Joe and Kamala, or Kamala, you know, she can't decide how to pronounce it. But anyway, they get it. Why? Well, for the same reason Barack Obama got a Nobel Prize, I mean, you would think that you would at least... Can't we do frontline workers this year and let Joe and Kamala do do it next year when they've actually done something? Actually done something? Oh, no. Anyway, that's that's just exactly how in the tank the media is. All right, folks. So, uh, hey, we're going to have three segments. We're going to have... Peace in our time, not buying it, and the Supreme Court. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Segment number one, peace in our time. Okay, so uh, yesterday, the announcement was made, this according to Axios, And uh, Barak Ravid, the uh, author of this story from reporting from Tel Aviv, the headline reads, Morocco to normalize ties with Israel in deal with Trump over Western Sahara. It says Morocco has agreed to establish full diplomatic relations with Israel, President Trump announced on Thursday. The Moroccan decision comes as part of a deal that includes U.S. recognition of the disputed territory of Western Sahara as part of Morocco. Why it matters, he writes, Morocco is the fourth Arab country to move toward normalization with Israel in the last four months as part of the Trump administration's Arab Accords initiative. All right, so uh, yes, the fourth uh, Muslim nation, to move toward normalization with Israel in four months. In uh, my entire lifetime, presidents have been trying to somehow broker uh, some peace in the Middle East, and uh, President Trump has managed to have four uh, peace agreements in effect, or cooperation agreements, or normalization agreements signed in the last four months. You would almost think that would be the kind of thing that would be Time Person of the Year, you know, or, <laughs> or like a, a Nobel Peace Prize, as in peace prize, for actually establishing peace. You know, President Trump, first, uh, first, first president, I can recall, that uh, not trying to engage us in a new war uh, or expand uh, the U.S. footprint somewhere in the world. Um, and so, but instead, he's uh, establishing peace uh, in our time. A very outstanding achievement by the president. Now, our second, uh, our second segment is called not buying it. Now, remember in the last episode, uh, I talked to you about a Washington Post uh, poll, a survey that was done in which they found that only 27 of the 249 Republicans in Congress actually acknowledge Joe Biden as the winner of the election, 220, 88% of Republicans in Congress wouldn't say, and two, actually outright said that Trump won. Well now, uh, I bring you this uh, poll, one of the latest polls out, and this being reported by the National Pulse, it says left-wing pollster, finds only 51% of people feel U.S. election conducted fairly. This is, uh, again, a story from yesterday by Natalie Winters, and uh, the uh, subtitle sub, uh, basically says this, a new, or summary says, a new daily costs uh, civics poll reveals just 51% of Americans believe the, the two, uh, 2020 presidential election was, quote, conducted Fairly. A December 2020 poll commissioned by left-wing anti-Trump daily costs, KOS, daily costs outlet inquired if voters felt, quote, that the 2020 presidential election was conducted fairly, end quote. 51% responded, yes, it was conducted fa- uh, fairly, while 50, <laughs> 49% basically Uh, felt otherwise and so uh, that's a pretty amazing thing that that only 51% uh, now uh, keep in mind now this is a uh, left-wing outlet and their pollsters remember the pollsters go out to get poll results that they want to report right the uh, and so these guys go out from a left-wing site uh, to to and looking for in effect people to come back and say yeah you know uh, you know eighty seventy five percent of the people say it's conducted fairly but only fifty one percent would now that's pretty again I'm telling you uh, the word is out the word is out and uh, people aren't convinced they're not buying it that this that this uh, election was on the up and up and by the way. It's not easy for them to not be buying it because they can't get that news from any of the mainstream media. But slowly but surely, as these hearings are happening in these especially four or five states, and as they're being carried on local news outlets, right, in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Georgia and Arizona and Nevada, as as people are hearing in their own states what's happening— and as people are tuning into some other sources of information the word is going out that there's a lot there's a lot to be suspicious about there's a lot of irregularities out there and not only that there's a pattern right when four or five states all quote closed down and quit counting at the same time on election night that was the moment when experts who have worked on CIA, yes, CIA-backed, <laughs> whether indirectly or directly, uh, rigged elections in other places, people who are familiar with that process have said, as soon as that happened, they like, were like, whoa, wait a second, this is happening in America. All right, so the word is going out. The word is going out, and people aren't buying it. So, folks, you're not alone. If you feel like you're, you know, it's like, oh, man, you know, I'm just kind of alone on this idea. You know, no, 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 you're not alone. People get it, more and more people get it, that something just wasn't right. Okay, we're going to take a brief uh, break and come right back with the big news from the Supreme Court. Okay, welcome back to a discussion of the blockbuster news today from the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And I'm very happy that I did not get this voo recorded earlier in the day or even afternoon because literally I was... I was recording this voice of one, and the final segment had to do with the suit being brought by Texas against uh, against Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. And uh, then I get I get uh, first of all a text from a friend saying, "Hey, wait! Breaking: uh, the Supreme Court has has uh, rejected the Texas suit." And then, of course. I get these notifications beginning to come across. So thank goodness that this isn't dated right away. So just, uh, first of all, uh, thankfulness for the, for the timing of it all. But I have to say, this is a shocker. This is a shocker. And I say this because the I'm going to read in a moment the actual text of what the Supreme Court uh, decision was, what they released today. It's just a few sentences long. But it is a shocker because, um, uh, for reasons I'll explain in a minute constitutionally, but also because of how much momentum it had behind it. Over 100 and I think 126 um, uh, congressional uh, folks from the US Congress had signed on to it. The President of the United States had become a party to it. Uh, He personally had become a party to it because he's the most injured party. uh, other states, 17 or 18 states, had joined in on the suit. I mean, it had huge momentum, uh, you would have thought, to at least for it to be heard. And Ted Cruz was going to argue it right before the Supreme Court. I mean, this was going to be like the Supreme Court hearing of all hearings. And by the way, not to be outdone, 20, count them, 20 uh, Democrat states rallied to file uh, uh, briefs with the uh, court uh, opposing the Texas lawsuit. Well, anyway, uh, so today, this afternoon late, uh, they, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States, uh, here's what it says. This is uh, order list, uh, 592, U.S., Friday, December 11, 2020, order in pending case, uh, 155, comma, original, uh, Texas versus Pennsylvania, comma, et al., meaning Texas and their suit against Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, and uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. It says the state of Texas, this is what they wrote. This is their, I'm reading from their decision. So it says uh, Friday, December 11, 2020, order impending case, uh, Texas versus Pennsylvania et al. says the state of Texas motion for leave to file a bill of complaint is denied for lack of standing under Article 3 of the Constitution. More of that in a minute. Uh, Texas has not demonstrated a judicially cognizable interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections. All other pending motions are dismissed as moot. Statement of Justice Alito, with whom Justice uh, Thomas joins. In my view, we do not have discretion to deny the filing of a bill of complaint in a case that falls within our original jurisdiction. These are textualists now that are this one-sentence dissent. See, Arizona versus California, 589 U.S., February 24, 2020, Thomas J. dissenting. I would therefore grant the motion to file the bill of complaint, but would not grant other relief, and I express no other No no view on any other issue. Okay, so basically, uh, Leto and and Thomas are saying they would have uh, allowed this suit to come forward. Why? Because it is within their original jurisdiction. Okay, so let's go back to this phrase lack of standing, according to Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution. Well, um, Article 3 of the Constitution. Uh, is, in my opinion, what establishes uh, the standing that Texas has before the court. So let's look at let's look at this in Section Two of Article Three of the United States Constitution. Uh, in Article Three is is uh, establishing the judicial powers, uh, the Supreme Court, and and uh, whatsoever other courts the Congress. Uh, might establish, and so in Section 2 of Article 3, I quote, The judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equity arising under this Constitution, the laws of the United States, and treaties made or which shall be made under their authority, to all cases affecting ambassadors or public ministers and consuls, to all cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction, to controversies to which the United States shall be a party, to controversies between two or more states. And the section goes on. So one of the reasons, part of the magic, the, you know, the secret sauce of this Texas suit is that they were suing, it wasn't citizens suing us, you know, the citizen Wisconsin suing Wisconsin for not doing a fair election. No, this is a state uh, suing a state which gives it instant and immediate, right? access to the Supreme Court. It doesn't have to come up through a state Supreme Court or district courts or whatever, circuit courts or whatever it is, because the Constitution in, in Article 3, Section 2 uh, says they have jurisdiction over suits between states. Well, that's what this is. So the, anyway, so then, the, then they say they, were, they didn't demonstrate a judicially cognizable um, uh, sense in which uh, what these other states did uh, somehow affected their state. Now, listen, this is a 154-page filing by Texas, 154 pages. So uh, I'm, I'm stunned. Uh, first of all, Alito and Thomas are right under this section. Uh, they should have at least agreed to hear it, at least agreed to hear it. But that's what—that's the difference between a, an, an originalist, right, and others. So, but—but but by the way, they took no vote, so it's not like there there was a um, a split decision. It was a, it was like more or less a unanimous with this kind of mild dissent, you might say. So um, I'm stunned by it, and we'll see if Texas tries to come back and modify uh, what it is, uh, because maybe what the Supreme Court is saying uh, is you know hey um you you're gonna you're gonna have to demonstrate uh, more than you did in 154 pages that the citizens of Texas were affected uh, by what the other states did. But hey guys, before I say goodbye today, hey that this is not it there there are states there are hearings and losses there was a five hour hearing today in Wisconsin. I mean, there are suits in every there in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, still in Georgia. Uh, for all it's worth, Arizona, Nevada is breaking open. I mean, they the folks in Nevada are finally starting to see the light out, guys. It's it's do not throw in the hat, do not throw in the towel. It's uh it's hey hey this is not what I thought was going to happen, but you know what? Uh, have faith, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful weekend, and enjoy it. And I'm going to see you on Monday, uh, and we'll pick up on, on VU, which will be episode 48. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend.